so excited for this morning uh, as we begin our new series, uh, Me Monsters. And uh, as we mentioned before, we've got uh, the, uh, the C3SD uh, interns in the house this morning. And uh, so we've got 15 interns, uh, and it has been amazing having them. Uh, it's, uh, the rumor is, I, don't, I can't confirm or deny, but the rumor is uh, that Pastor Jurgen said, hey, I want to send you guys to Hawaii. Uh, and they said, you know, I wanna, we want to treat you guys. We love you. You guys have been doing such an amazing work, uh, and we want to send you to Hawaii for a retreat. And they said, this is the rumor. I can't, I don't know for sure, but they said, no, no, we actually want to go to Salt Lake City, Utah because we heard that God is moving in Salt Lake and we want to be a part of that. Uh, and so we are so honored that they are here. Uh, it has been so much fun showing them around, showing them the mountains, and they have just been pouring into us, ministering to us and our team. Uh, and so it's been so, so, so awesome. Uh, San Diego is doing an amazing work. Uh, Pastor Jurgen and the team are just taking ground in San Diego. Uh, and, uh, and most, almost everything that happens there happens through the hands and the feet of this bunch. These are our second year interns, and they have been pouring into our campus for months now. And it's so awesome for them to be able to be here and to see the fruit and to see all of your friendly faces uh, and to remind them that all of their work uh, is paying off here in Salt Lake. And so uh, we have an amazing opportunity to hear from three amazing, uh, amazing people this morning, Tammy, Anthony, and Danny. So this is their, each of them. Each of them have a powerful word this morning, and so the first one is Tammy, and then they're just gonna—it's just gonna be like the fire hose of amazing truth. It's gonna be so good, and so can we stand to our feet as we welcome up our C3 interns from San Diego? Give it up for Tammy! Come on! D3 Utah, oh my goodness, we are so excited to be here. We have had the most amazing time, thank you to the team. Um, I just want to honor Pastor Becca and Pastor Vince for, um, oh man, you guys are so amazing, um, for allowing us to step on this platform. Um, I've actually been going to C3 for eight years, so it's really exciting to see the first campus outside of San Diego. I knew that our campus needed to go out in the world, and it's amazing that, um, what they're going to do in you and through you. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be good. All right, guys, so um, Me Monsters, I so love this series. So um, I'm in, going through my second year of internship, and I have been very fortunate to have a lot of my own Me Monsters come up this year. And, <laughs> and I know you guys are thinking, like, why? Like, that's kind of weird, but actually... Um, Actually, because all the me monsters have come up, after I've experienced all the me monsters coming up, I actually have received so much breakthrough from it that I can honestly and genuinely tell you that it's a good thing. So the title of my message today is called, It's All Good, right? James 1-2 one, James says, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So I pray today that the message I share with you guys today will not just give you guys the confidence to face your monsters that come up and face the situations that come up, but give, actually give you the desire to do so as well. So the first reason that facing your me monsters is all good is because it allows you to launch into the calling that God has for you. 
So um, coming into my second year, I literally had every meme monster come up, I think, ever since I've been a child. Like, literally, I was getting offended all the time. I was getting anxious all the time. I was getting mad at the people that were closest to me all the time. I was feeling indecisive. Like, this was not me. And I was like, what is going on? And I remember after getting healed from um, a past hurt that I had for a long time, I got healed completely, and I suddenly had a revelation. I was like wait a minute, I'm about to graduate internship. That means God's about to launch me into my calling. That must mean that God needs to take anything that's inside of me that doesn't align with that calling out of me. So I decided to submit to the process from that point on. And let me tell you guys, ever since I did that, ever since that decision was made, everything has been coming up and it's been the most amazing ride ever. I, I am now getting opportunities in entrepreneurship. That's, that's my, my field. Um, I'm getting opportunities in ministry. I'm getting opportunities to speak my testimony more and like here today, right? So once you once once God sees that all those monsters and all the things that doesn't doesn't align with you comes out of you, he's like, Yeah, she's ready. She's ready. She's ready to handle this thing. So um, the next reason that everything is all good when you deal with your meme monsters is because you're able to become who you truly are again. So um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Cherish Conference was flipping amazing, <laughs> so amazing. And um, I actually got offended by my dear friend Myra, who is our internship director, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so during during the conference, I was so offended by something she said to me, and I like I like gave her the cold shoulder like the whole conference. And like at the end of the conference, she came up to me and she said, "Tammy, you are not going anywhere until you talk to me about this." You know, that's a good friend. That's a good friend. Let me tell you guys, you need friends like that that will actually confront it. So um, as we were starting to talk about everything and, you know, we're both crying like crazy, I suddenly had a revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, I finally saw the me monster for what it was. See, the me monster wasn't, uh, the me monster of unworthiness came up for me. And it was never her. It was just that me monster that came up. And I realized that though people, um, people around you can build up your confidence, um, your worth will always come from God, right? Your worth will always come from God. Um, God said in his word, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So from that point on, I went home because I told God I'm going to deal with everything. I went home and I said, God, where did this unworthiness come from? Like, show me where it came from. And I, tell, I felt him say, close your eyes, Tammy. I closed my eyes and I was like, I went back to when I was like in the third grade or something. I was waiting at a table in my room. Um, just waiting for people to say happy birthday to me. It was my, it was my birthday, and it was like, I thought it was going to be a surprise birthday. And I was like, how does this deal with unworthiness? Like, I didn't get it. So I opened my eyes, and I asked God again, thinking he was going to take me back to a different place. But he actually took me back to the same place, but it was later in the day when nobody remembered yet. I was still waiting for somebody to say happy birthday. And so, um, God, so like, I, I felt it right away. Um, God showed me that, you know what, you, you believe that because nobody celebrated that you're not worth celebrating at all. So in that moment, I suddenly had um, something in my stomach. I started crying, and I was like, all right, I got it. Thank you, Pastor. There we go. Okay. 
Yeah, I suddenly started um, crying, and I said, okay, there it is. It's the root of it. I got to the root of it. I was excited. So I talked to God. I said, okay, God, show me, ch change my perspective, what really happened. And he just showed me, you know, my parents are from Vietnam. They, they, they escaped here to come here. And they were not, like, celebrating birthdays at that time. They were trying to survive, right? It was never about me at all. And so in that moment, that moment of that feeling of unworthiness, literally every, um, every situation I ever had unworthiness disappeared. Dissipated. And it just broke from the root and it was gone. And it was so exciting. It was so exciting because I feel I remember a couple of days later when I was around Myra and other people I usually try to strive for, I realized I wasn't striving anymore. I was around them. Yeah. I was around them and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm myself. I was with all the interns and I came in, in, in the internship and I was like, I was like a crazy amount of silly and crazy. I was like crazy. And I was like, you guys, this is me. And they were like, what, <laughs> like, what just happened? And I was just like, I'm back. Like, that's just what I felt like, you know, I, I'm back. And you know what? Like at the end of the day, I, I feel like all the breakthrough and all the me monsters that come up that God tries to ask you to deal with, it, the only thing he's trying to do is bring you back to who you truly are again. That's all. That's why he. That's why he brings it up. So it's not a bad thing. I know sometimes we we have some cuff come up and we think we're like something's wrong with us but no God just wants to pull it out that's all it is he just wants us to pull it out so um, he wants us to to be who we are so we can do the work that he asks us to do on this earth right Genesis 50 20 says as for you you meant evil against me but God meant for good to bring it all about that many people should be kept alive as they are today so today I just want you guys to um, maybe just close your eyes real fast just close your eyes and I want to ask you guys has there, is there anything, that any pain or frustration that's been coming up for you guys lately? Has there, any, has there been something that you guys been going through? And it might be a person, it might be a situation, it might be um, unforgiveness, anxiousness, you know, anything like that. Um, has it been coming up? And then now just ask God, like, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Just ask him to show you where the root is. And, and then ask God, um, let's ask God, like, um, shift your perspective, shift your perspective, because God made you so perfect and so amazing, and he wants you to become who you are again, to come back to who you are again. So I'm going to pray for you guys right now. Father God, just thank you so much, and I declare today, Father, that this is a new day for every single person here. I declare breakthrough today, Father God. I declare that you are going to take everything out from the root, Father God, that no enemy can come against them anymore, no voices of lies and deception can come against them anymore. I thank you, Father God, that this is a day of freedom for them today, Father God, a day of freedom for this city, Father God. I declare right now, Father God, that every single person here will become who they are again so they can shift Salt Lake City, Father God, that Salt Lake City will be a place for you, Father God, a city crying out for you, Father. So we, we praise you right now. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have Anthony coming up now. Oh, my goodness. What is up, C3 Salt Lake City? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, it's a huge honor to be here. Tammy, you did amazing. That was crazy. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Can we give it up for your pastors, Pastor Vince and Pastor Becca? Oh my goodness. What you guys are doing here is incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, so as you know, we're in Me Monsters. That is our new series. I'm actually go right into it. Is that good? Is that good with y'all? All right, awesome. So if you guys have your Bibles, open it up to Matthew 6:25. All right, and we're just going to go. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will wear. 
Is life not more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And I'm going to skip to uh, verse 30. You guys have that up. It says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So don't you worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In that scripture, Jesus was actually speaking. He spoke on a lot of things. But in that particular scripture, he was talking about anxiety, talking about fear, about being worried about what is to come. In my life, as you know, um, I'm from the internship here in C3 San Diego, second year. Um, but um, in my first year, I experienced a lot of, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. Um, for me, a big thing was having security in my life and um, wondering if I was going to be well off or am I going to be okay? Am I going to end up uh, like my parents? Am I going to have a house? Am I, like, I was worrying about all these things and I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be able to provide and um, do things in my life. Um, money was a huge thing. Like I would tithe, I would give, um, but I always wanted to make sure that I was okay. In the internship, um, during my first year, so things kind of shook up um, uh, my life a little bit. And about a quarter into the internship, uh, I lost uh, my job. And for me, trying to be like security and kind of have everything together, that shook me a lot. Because that means I couldn't pay for my internship, I couldn't pay for things. And um, as the months went on, um, not only did I lose my job, um, I was almost practically homeless. <laughs> Um, I only had, like I had, it went to not having anything in my bank account. Uh, after that, like I, um, I had like a bag full of clothes and that was it. Couldn't pay for food, anything. I would uh, basically crash at a friend's house. I was going through some stuff with my uh, parents and then we were trying to bring some stuff to divide us. And it was a very, very, very bad time. It was honestly at like my lowest point. And it was at that point I've been going to C3 for like four years at the time. Um, for me, I needed to read the word of God and really believe and declare what he said was true over my life. Because all the time I hear, oh, God is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. That he's the God that will provide. And it's easy to believe that for other people and be like, oh, yeah, God can do miracles for other people. And God can uh, bless these people, but he, he can't really do that for me. And so it was during that time where I really needed to acquire faith. I needed to seek his kingdom. And I'm going to go into a little bit of teaching. Faith is the assurance of things revealed and promised in the word are true, even though unseen and believing that they will come to pass. I had to believe and declare that the word was true over my life. I had to believe that God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. I had to believe that he was the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. I had to believe that I was ahead and not the tail, above and not beneath. I needed to believe those words and declare that into my heart, into my spirit. I had to believe that with God all things are possible, that nothing is possible without God. Also, one of the most important things I had to believe 
is that God is my father. You know, it's easy to look and be like, oh, God, God is great and he's glorious and everything. But also bringing down the root, God is our father. He loves us. God is good. And because he's good, he's a good father. Growing up in my life, I didn't have a father. So that, was, that took some time to go and acquire. So it means so much to me to believe that God is my father. And not just any father. He's a good father that wants to provide for his kids. That he wants to take care of them. I had a tithe. That was an important thing. That even though I had nothing, like, I didn't have anything, what I would get, I would give it to God. Tithing in a dry season was important. It's easy to tithe when everything's going great, but how many can tithe when things are going not okay? <laughs> Praise and worship. Praise and worship was important. When my life seemed like it was at the lowest that it can be, that it was all over the place, I had to look to God and say, God, you are worthy. God... I praise you. I worship you. I had to surround myself with people that would pray with me, that would partner with me. The Bible says not to do life alone. So partnering yourself with people that can pray with you, that can come with you and be like, hey, you're not in this alone. We're in this together, praying for me, declaring things over my life. That's what I needed to do. Last thing I had to do was apply James to 14 through 26, which all throughout those scriptures basically inquires that faith without works is dead. So at this point in my life, I was going through and I was praying over myself, declaring things over my life, and uh, I was believing it. And the anxiety and the fears that were on me before started to fade away, started to dissipate, and I started to get peace over it. And that was good, and that was great, but the people that were around me were like, okay, you have faith. You believe in it, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Faith without works is dead. What are you going to do? I had to go and look at resources. I had to go up and down the street looking for jobs, seeing what was available, going out there. It's easy to have faith, but then you can't just sit and you can't, can't sit on your butt and just be like, God, I know you're going to provide, and then just not do anything. There's a, there's a part where we got to take action. We got to go after it. That was the step that I had to make. And over that time, it took seven months, but I found a job. I found a great job that paid way more than the last job that I had. I worked way less hours than the other job. And so I make a lot more money to the point where I can go and bless other people. People that were providing for me. In that time where I was struggling, there were people providing for me, giving me clothes, paying for food for me, taking care of me. And now I'm on the other side where I could do the exact same thing for other people. Faith is making the first step, meaning, God, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I know that you're good. I know that you are faithful. God, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that you're above any of my circumstances. I, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I know your word is true. I know that you are faithful. I know that you are for me and not against me. Believing and declaring what he says is true. Doing everything that you can do, doing everything that I can do, and then see God move. See God do what he does. That's the best thing. Do everything that you can do in him and see what he can do. Just let him move. So within this uh, amount of time, I'm uh, coming to a close. Of, I'm going to leave you with this question. 
What are you believing for? What is an area that you want God to move in your life? What are you facing? What are you battling? What are you struggling with? Do you want, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what I'm going to do. What are you believing for? Or what do you believe God can do? Because just like I thought, I thought, oh, uh, he can bless this person, but not me. He can put a miracle in their life, but not me. No, he's done it for me. And God is not a respecter of persons. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. He can do it for you, Salt Lake City. He can do it for you. So I'll leave you with this. What do you believe God can do in your life? What are you believing for? Now, I'm going to welcome up. I have the privilege to welcome up a firehouse. Yeah. Powerhouse. Oh, you guys make some noise. Give it up for Danny. Come on, guys. It's so awesome to be here today. I just, I just love Salt Lake City. I love your pastors. Like, we've had, oh, by the way, I'm Danny, if you didn't, like, catch that. I'm sorry. I'm like, I love your pastors. So it's been incredible. Like the team here is literally the dream team, guys. Like you have the best of the best and God has given you these people to like stand behind you, stand beside you, in front of you, and war for you. And I love them. And I just honor you uh, parents, literally parents, to this house. Like you guys are amazing and incredible and saying yes to God. That's like the biggest and most beautiful thing you could ever do. And obviously give honor to where honors do, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I'm pretty sure you guys heard about them. You know, um, there are pastors, there are senior pastors back home, and, you know, they heard a call of God on their life to come to San Diego, and they're like, literally, we don't know anybody, but they went, and now, look, we have a campus here in Salt Lake City that's going to change the world for Jesus, and I'm just so excited. And honestly, guys, like, I remember when I came to C3, I was just like, what is with all the clapping? Like, I'm, I'm not into that. Like, I was mute, guys. I was, like, listening to the preacher like this. I was like, wow, that was actually a great message. But, like, I wouldn't show anything. I wouldn't show excitement. So um, if you see us all crazy and excited, it's because we know that God is going to do something and that God's going to move. So honestly, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I remember like worshiping and I'm like, what's with the lights? Like, is this a Beyonce concert or something? Like, why, why is there like so many singers? And I just didn't get it. But the more that I came, the more I saw miracles, the more I saw the fruit of what it is that we were putting in. And I was just like, wow, God, you're so real. Okay, I'm going to give it a chance. So then I was just there and I was like, okay, okay. Um, and something else that our church carries so beautifully is, like, the gift of faith, like, literally activating faith. Not, and obviously I love it because Anthony pictured it so beautifully. And I was like, okay, God, cool. So I can handle the lights. I can handle, you know, the amens, hallelujahs, shame the devil, so goods. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, and then I was that person saying so good, hallelujah, amen. Like, come on. It's part of my culture now. <laughs> yeah, so good. Come on, Pastor Vince. So I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to give this faith thing a shot. Like, I see miracles left and right. Guys, I'm talking about cancers being completely removed. I'm talking about families that never talk to each other, start talking to each other, dream homes, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, God, you want to know what? I can do this. You're going to do it for me just like you did it for them. So I was like... Okay, so I'm actually going to put you on a timeline, God. I'm going to give you one year. I'm going to give you one year to come up, for, like, to show up. And I remember, like, 
January, I'm like, come on, God, you're so good, you're so great. I literally, I will never forget, I got post-it notes, I put them on my mirror, my bathroom mirror, my mom knew the promises, and she's like, hey, did you, like, do your declarations? I'm like, of course I did, come on. And um, it, was a, it was a house thing, right, Mom? Oh, and guys, give a round of applause. My mom drove 10 hours to be here today. So, anyways, my beautiful mom over there, and beautiful Jen who made it, who was at the hotel we're staying at, and she's like, I'm going to show up. So, come on, give a round of applause to Jen. Jen, I love you. So, um, I was like, okay, came January, I was fired up. February, my birthday, I'm like, God, come on, best birthday gift ever, like, come on. And then March, April, June, July, and I forgot all the other months, but basically (laughs) December came around, and I was like, God, um, so you have 31 days left. You have 31 days. And my heart kind of started weakening. And I was like, God, my faith, I'm on my last juice. And you're like, juice what? Like, you know when you, like, charge a battery and it's full of juice. It's full of energy. But the more that you use it, the more it gets drained. And I was like, God, I'm on my last little bit of faith here. Like, I need you to show up. Like, I've been praying. I've been telling people, like, what you're going to do for me. And I remember rolling up on New Year's Eve, and we had a party for our high school and our young adults and our junior hires. And I showed up, you know, I was like, dressed to impress, man. I was like, I had my nice little dress on. I'm like, my promises are coming to pass today. (laughs) Waiting for a phone call for God, you know. And I was just like, cool. Worship started because we did like a service. And I remember that our pastors then, they were our um, youth pastors at the time, Pastor Chittig and Pastor Breezy. And they went on stage and they're like, guys, we're pregnant with our fourth kid. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, you are in my proximity. Like, you're in my proximity. They get a blessing. I get a blessing. They get a blessing. So I was ready. I was like, okay, God, literally seconds left. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I was watching the clock, guys. And, you know, we were worshiping and I was kind of like disheartened. I'm like, but God, you can still do it. You can still do it. And I was looking at the clock and then the countdown started. It was 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to worship the hardest I've ever had that I've ever done before. And then the 10-second countdown started, guys. And I was just like, okay, God, okay, you can do it. And I was, like, lifting my hands in complete surrender. And I'm like, God, and instead of being like Daniel, you know, like, if he doesn't, he's still good, I was just crying. And I was like, it was like, five, four, three, and tears were just streaming down my face. And I was like, God, and then two, one, happy new year. And I felt like something died inside because I had been believing, I had been fasting, I had been praying. I did everything that was on my part. But later on, I really felt that, um, and the keys could come up. Please, I need you. (laughs) I need you right now. (laughs) Set the atmosphere, girl. But honestly, (laughs) please, come on. So anyways, I was just like, okay, God you didn't do what you promised. And then I thought that I had dealt with it. And I was like, okay, God. And then the months passed and I was like feeling kind of distant with God. Like worship wasn't as great anymore. My, my future seemed a little bit dim. Like I knew there was a call of God on my life, but I just couldn't see past it because I was hurt. I was so hurt. I was like, God, I gave you everything. I gave you everything. And I know you're like, what are you, 15? 
But, like, the thing is, when you believe in something so hard, when you pray, when you believe in God for something, it kind of changes you. And then I remember, like, you know that video that was up? It was so funny because I wasn't going to mention it. I know that some of you guys saw that. You're like, youch, that looks like my life. I've taken some hits in here before, you know. The devil's thrown a couple of punches and has knocked me down. But, you know, if I had a title for this message, it's, it's not over. When I was preparing this, God was saying, it's not over. I know that some of you guys are believing or have been believing in something. And, you know, you kind of threw it in the back burner. You're like, you want to know what, God? Like, you promised, and when it happens, it happens. And you kind of turned your back towards the word of God. And, you know, you kind of feel a little hurt by God. But the thing is, like, I love, I love seasons. It's, um, it's a song. It's not like, I'm not like really in love with seasons. I'm in love with the song Seasons by Hillsong. And something so beautiful that it says is, if you're not done working, I'm not done waiting. So honestly, guys, it is not over. And I came all the way, all the way from San Diego, sunny, beautiful San Diego, to come here to also beautiful Salt Lake City. <laughs> where it's so cold I cannot currently feel my toes and it's not the heels I promise <laughs> to say that it's not over and it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter how young you are God has promised and spoken something over your life and he's going to fulfill it he's going to bring it to pass and I just want you guys to bow your head and close your eyes and lift your palms to heaven because God is in this place and God you are so good. You are so good, Father. We love you, Jesus. We, we adore you, God. And God, there's some people, some of your children here that are hurting right now, God, because they have felt the burden of what it's like to have their heart. Just like what Proverbs 13, 12 says, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a tree of but uh, desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And God, there's some people in this room, there's your children that are feeling that their heart is sick. And God, I pray in this moment, Jesus, that your presence, that your presence just rests in this place, God, that you come and whisper into their heart again and say, you can believe me. You can believe that what I say, I will do. If you're not done working, God, we're not done waiting. God, thank you, Jesus, that it's not over for us. It's not over for us, God. And God, I think, I really felt that when I was um, doing this message that God gave me, Joel 2, 25, it says that everything that the locusts have eaten, God will restore. So you guys feel that some dreams have died, some things have literally been obliterated, but God's going to restore everything. Just like when you give to God, a greater measure will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Your dream's not over. Your dream's not over. So in, I want to remain in this atmosphere, and I want to bring up Pastor Vince. I know that he's going to bring a word and, and encouragement, so give a round of applause for your awesome campus pastor. Come on. Give it up for Danny. So good. So good. Wow. Give it up for all three of these amazing interns. What a good word. What a good word. Wow. Church, a couple of things quickly. First of all, one of the things I love so much about our God is that he doesn't just choose one person to speak on behalf 
of a multitude. Like Becca said earlier, when Jesus died on that cross, the veil was torn, giving each and every one of us access to the throne of heaven. And he will speak to you, and he will speak to you, and he will speak to you. You don't need to hear from just me. You don't need to hear from some pastor. He will speak directly to your heart. He will speak directly to your heart. I was reminded as these beautiful interns were sharing from God's word. Mary and Martha, many of you know Mary and Martha, disciples of Jesus, their brother. Their brother dies. Jesus is out in a different village and he's sick. And they send word, go get Jesus. He's sick. Go tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick. Go tell him. So that he can come and he can and he can heal him. So he gets word and the Bible says that Jesus is like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to go. He stays there for a few days. By the time he finally gets to where Mary and Martha are, he walks into the place and everyone's crying and there's a funeral. You say, God, where were you? Jesus, why didn't you show up? Where were you? We believe that you could do it. We believe that you could do what only you could do. We believe that you would heal our brother. What, what are you doing? Why didn't you come? And he looks at him. He says, hey, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. Somebody needs to understand in this place that your dream is not dead. It's sleeping. That that seed has been planted and it might seem like it's gone, like it's dead. But don't you understand that in order for something to come to life, it first must die. And so Lazarus is in the tomb. He is in fact dead. But Jesus goes into that grave and he says, Lazarus, come out. Come forth. And this morning he's yelling and he's screaming at your promise. And he says, come out. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter. And the beautiful thing is Jesus says, Lazarus comes out. And Lazarus steps up. And he's got grave clothes all wrapped on him. And he's just is like coming out and he can't see. And he's blind. And listen to me, friends. Your dream is not dead. Your dream is not dead, it's sleeping. You see, Jesus Christ is the resurrection power. He is life. He is life. Some of you here this morning, you're like Lazarus. You're spiritually dead. You're dead. And Jesus is calling into your life that is a grave, and he's saying, hey, it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. It's time to get going. I'm calling you, wake up. See, the Bible says that we are spiritually dead without Christ Jesus, that he is life. 
that he wants to speak life into you right here this morning. He wants to speak life into your situation. He wants to speak life into your, what you've called a life, but it's just felt empty and hollow and dead. He wants to give it the life that you've been yearning for, the life that you've been looking for. He says it's right here. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Jesus says, I came to give life and life abundant. See, way too often, church gets a rap for being cold and judgmental and dead. And I am so sorry if that's what you've heard, but you need to hear this morning that in Christ, you see, this isn't just about church. This isn't just about, you know, a building. This isn't just about a religion. This is about the resurrection power that is found in Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's alive. And so this morning, if anything that was spoken this morning touched your heart, you see, we've all got issues. We've all got demons in our, in our, in our bag of life. We've all got monsters. Monsters from our past. Hurts. Things that have happened to us that are so painful. Maybe it was an organization that just hurts you. Maybe it was your parents that let you down. Maybe it was a, a, a friend that you thought well, you could trust that, that, that hurt you and wounded you. Maybe it was a, you've, we've all got issues in life. And if we're not careful, those things will rob us of the life that Christ wants to give you. For you, maybe it's anxiety, fear. Maybe you've, been, you've seen God come through in other people's lives, but you said, well, he's just never really done anything for me. And I just don't understand why it's not really working for me. You need to understand this morning that he's not done working that he works in seasons. I recently read, I believe it was in, I can't remember which book it was, was in actually. It might have been in Leader Sight. It could have been in Push or it might have been in You the Leader. <laughs> it was in one of those books, I'm pretty sure. It was talking about the bamboo tree. Bamboo tree's crazy. You plant the bamboo seed and then you water it and you tend it and you care for it. For five years, nothing, nothing. For five years, some of you have been tending something for five years and there's been nothing and you've been like, well, I just, I'm just gonna give up. Listen to me, church, don't give up because the crazy thing about the bamboo tree is that after five years, that thing just poop, pops up like crazy and all of a sudden it just grows and it grows and it grows. God wants to develop you. He wants to grow you. The promise, the dream, the hope that he's put in you, and maybe it's been five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It doesn't matter how long it's been. You need to understand that Jesus Christ is life and life to the fullest, and he's not done working. He is not done working. So this morning, if you're here, you want to first, you want a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. All of this amazing stuff, there is one key ingredient that you must have, otherwise nothing that was said will ever work for you. 
You see, this isn't just a club of people who've got like some secret prayers that you pray, and then all of a sudden life just starts to happen for you. That's not what this is. This is about a person, his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the author of life. He is the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. And he made a way where there was no way. He created the world. He spoke it into existence. He breathed life into the very first man, Adam. And from Adam, he took a rib and created Eve. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion over the earth. And then that wicked, evil serpent, the enemy whose name is Satan, he lied. And he told Eve, he said, hey, God's holding out on you. You can be as good as God. And she said, what? Okay. And she took the bait. And from then on, each and every single one of us has this separation because we want to be God. We want to do it our way. We want to have it our way. We want to do it our way. We want to rule our own life. And this is the battle that now we have on this planet. And it is because of that that we have sickness. It is because of that that we have death. It is because of that that we have anxiety. It is because of that that we have depression. It is because of that that all of the things of this world reign and rule. But Jesus says, nah. That's not how it's going to be. You see... Adam was the first man. He botched it. Man, he screwed it up. But that's okay. Because it wasn't a surprise to God. He said, don't worry about it. I will physically step out of heaven in the person of Jesus Christ. I will come down. God with skin on. I will come down and I will solve it. I, will, I, I am the cure. You see, remember, he is the author of life. And so although Adam and Eve partook of that fruit and sin and death entered into the world, he said, no, 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 I'm the author of life. And so I will come down. I will come as the second Adam and I will redeem that which was lost. I will restore that which was broken. I am life. And so he came down. He stepped down into heaven. He led a perfect, sinless life. Then he died on a cross, a criminal's death, taking the sin of the world on his shoulders. All of the sin, all of the brokenness, all of the bad stuff that I've done, that you've done, that your brother's done, that your sister's done, that, that they've done over there and they've done over here, every single thing that's ever happened from all eternity, all of it, he bore on his shoulders. He paid the price for it all. He took sin. He said, no, no, no longer do you have to work. No longer do you have to, to try and, and do. No longer do you have to uh, figure this out on your own effort. No, no, from now on, all you must do, the Bible says, if you believe in the name of Jesus, that you will be saved. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's not about a church, it's not about a religion, it's not about an organization, it's about a person. His name is Jesus Christ, he's the savior of the world. He's the savior of the world and he loves you. And he loves you and I don't know if there's 10 people or one person, but I know that there is somebody. I know that there is somebody that's here this morning and you don't know, this, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've heard about him, maybe you've heard his name, maybe you grew up and you, you, know, you, you know something about him, but you don't know, know him. I'm talking about knowing him. 
I'm talking about having a relationship with him. I'm talking about having him be the ruler and king of your life. So this morning, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, accept the free gift that he gave you, all of those me monsters that we deal with, you'll never figure them out. No meditation will do it. No talking to yourself in the mirror will fix it. No therapy will cure you. No medication will help. Jesus Christ is the cure. He's the answer. And so this morning, if you're here, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to count to three. You're going to put your hand real high in the air. One, two, three, go. Boom. All across this room. I see your hand. A little bit higher, please. Oh, there it is. Boom. I see it. I see it. Come on. Give it up. Come on. Come on. It's a party. This is what it's all about, friends. It's all about. We've got some amazing, beautiful people who want to meet you, who want to pray with you, who want to lead you as we step into, as you step into this new season in your life. And so all of you who raised your hands to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, we're all going to pray this prayer together. And for you, you pray it even louder. You pray it even louder. And I don't want you to make sure that you connect with our, our, our friends at the, VI, or at, the, at the Next Steps counter over there. And so Dan and Cynthia, where are you guys at? Where are you at, Dan? Cynthia? Boom, right here. Come on down here, you two. These two are amazing. These two are amazing. I wasn't going to do this, and I'm probably running really late, so I'm sorry. But here's what we're going to do real quick. If you, if, you rose, if you raised your hand for the first time, I need you to come down. Just come on down right here. Just come on down. I want you to talk with these guys right here. Ready? One, two, three. Come on down here. Come on. Come on. I saw your hand over here. Stand up and come on down here. Come on. I know. There it is. Perfect. Come on down. Right over here. Come stand right over here. I know. There it is. Come on over here. Come on. Give it up. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Come right over here. Come right over here. Come out over here. Praise God. Thank you so much. Come on. Come on. I want us all to reach our hands out. We're going to all to pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Lord, I want to live for you. You are king of my life. Thank you for washing me, for making me new. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give it up. Give it up.